Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Matt Goldstone, and today we're studying Sachim Daf Hey Bet, page 82. At the end of yesterday's Daf, we find the following Mishnah. Nitmashalem orubo, sorfino tolifne hapira, be'atse hamaracha. If the entire korban, sacrifice, or the majority of it became impure, we burn it before the bira, that is, within the temple, using the wood from the altar. Nitmam yuto, ve'anotar, sorfino to, ve'chatrotehen, o algagotehen, me'atse atzman. If only a lesser part of the korban, or the leftover part of the offering became impure, we burn it in their courtyards, or on their roofs, but not in the temple, using their own wood. The Gemara at the end of yesterday's daf then asks, My Tama, what's the reason that we burn a completely or mostly impure offering in the temple? One might think that we should do exactly the opposite, that the more impure the offering, the farther away from the temple we want it to be. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says, in order to embarrass them. Presumably, this impurity came upon the animal as a result of the negligence of the owner, and therefore we want to embarrass them to prevent them and others from letting this happen in the future. Fast forwarding a bit now to today's daf, we find the following rabbinic statement. Tanu Rabbanan, Ba'ulasorfo Bechatsro Tehen, the rabbis taught, if people came to burn this impure offering in their courtyards with wood from the temple altar, we do not listen to them, i.e. we don't allow them to do it. Similarly, if they wanted to burn it in the temple with their own wood, we do not allow it. The Gemara then asks, Bishlama me'atze hamaracha. It makes sense that we don't let them use temple wood in their own courtyards, because perhaps they will have some left over from this wood, and then they'll use it for their own purposes, which is a misuse of temple property. But burning the impure offering in the temple with their own wood What's the reason that we don't allow them to do this? Rav Yosef Amar, et Rav Yosef said, so as not to embarrass one who doesn't have it. That is, one who doesn't have any wood. Now, on the surface, we seem to have a tension between the beginning of our Gemara from yesterday and the continuation today in terms of whether we do or do not wish to embarrass people. On the one hand, Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanina wants to embarrass people by having their impure offering burnt in the temple in order to ensure that they don't do it again. Rabbi Yosef, on the other hand, wants to avoid embarrassment for those who don't have their own wood. Now, the obvious difference between these two cases is whether we consider the person responsible for their situation or not. 
When one was negligent and let their animal become impure, we can embarrass them to make them more aware in the future. Whereas the person who's simply too poor to have wood, we want to avoid embarrassing. We can understand this difference. But many of us are familiar with the famous rabbinic dictum that embarrassing someone is akin to killing them. Tani tana kame durav Nachman bar Yitzchak, kol hamelabein, penecha bero berabim, kiilu shofech tamim. Atana taught before Rab Nachman bar Yitzchak, anyone who whitens the face of their friend in public, it is as if they shed blood. That's from Baba Metziah 58b, among other places. Now, statements such as this should give us pause to consider whether a distinction based on culpability is enough to warrant actually institutionalizing a legal means of embarrassing someone, even if they are responsible. On the one hand, we might differentiate between the statement in Baba Matsya, which seems to be a case of blatant embarrassment of a person in a public situation, done for the sake of embarrassing them, whereas our case does not necessarily put the person, him or herself, on a pedestal as the object of ridicule, but rather has their sacrifice as a surrogate and is intended in order to promote future compliance. In addition, when one embarrasses his or her fellow, this is an individual act done against another individual. While the legalized punishment moves away from such an intimate setting, and the negligent individual becomes the victim of their own action, punished by no individual in particular, but rather by the institution. This then leads me to consider the motivation behind the statement in Babamatsiya. Are we so concerned with embarrassment purely for the result that it causes, that is, the feeling of the embarrassed? Or is there another level on which we're concerned about the relationship between the two individuals in play, or what this means for the one who does the embarrassing? Our daf today goes on to bring another case where one possible reason for a law is in order to embarrass someone. Tznan Hatam. Rosh ha-ma'amad haya ma'amid et hatmein al sha'ar ha-mizrach. Maitama, Amarav Yosef, k'day levay sham. It was taught there, the head of the ma'amadim, the group of people who had a rotation serving at the temple, would assign those who were impure to stand at the eastern gate. What's the reason? Rav Yosef said, in order to embarrass them. Here again we find a case where negligence leading to impurity this time if the person himself rather than his offering, leads to a legally codified decision that's intended to embarrass him. Here, presumably, we find a heightened level of embarrassment, where the individual, and not only their animal, is given a particular placement in order to embarrass them. Additionally, in contrast to the previous case, here we have a particular individual, the Rosh Mahmad, who is responsible for creating the embarrassing situation. So what are we to make of these cases of formalized embarrassment as a form of punishment and prevention of future transgression? Well, perhaps it's better than corporal punishment, and potentially it would achieve the desired result for the individual to recognize and regret their transgression. But on the other hand, in this second case at least, it seems to directly come into conflict with the teaching in Masechet Babamatsiya that embarrassing someone is akin to killing them. Now, one of the primary differences that seems to remain between our case and the maxim that is in the statement in Baba Metzia implies that an individual is embarrassing another, while in our case, we're legalizing an institutional punishment that, while it may be carried out by an individual, is backed by the force of the religious institution. 
In this regard, the person who is embarrassed did something to transgress their responsibility to the religious community, and the community is therefore empowered to point this out in a communal fashion. Perhaps we even engage in this today. Have you renewed your membership to your synagogue? Have you paid your dues? What have you done to volunteer for your community recently? In various ways, either directly or indirectly, we may embarrass people for not living up to their communal responsibility. And, based on this Gemara, perhaps if it's done in order to promote um, behavior, proper behavior in the future, and is done by the community as a whole rather than an individual, it's something that we can use as a legitimate means of compelling people to live up to their responsibilities. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.